There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 559. So the big news uh, for us is that uh, At Midnight has been picked up for season two. So, uh, season two, by the way, is pretty much all of 2015. So we'll be on for a while. So thank you very much if you've been watching and, and playing along. And please continue to do so. Uh, I'd also like to say, hey, there are a lot of other fun podcasts on the Nerdist Podcast Network that maybe you might want to check out. Um, like Humans from Earth, Jeff Boucher uh, has an exclusive chat with Frank Miller. Uh, also, uh, The Indoor Kids has Tenacious D. And follow the antics of TJ Miller at Cashing In. Uh, with T.J. Miller and uh, check those out you can go to iTunes or you can go to Nerdist.com and subscribe or go to Libsyn which is where they're hosted um, that's also a, a helpful place to find podcasts and uh, thank you for thank you for continuing to enjoy the, the many wares that we place before you in this digital marketplace um, this podcast is Sean Bean who was rad uh, we went to his hotel couple weeks ago in Los Angeles. Um, by the way, he is promoting a show called Legends on TNT that premieres tonight, Wednesday. Um, today is the 13th of August, and it's at 9 p.m. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the campaign at Comic-Con in San Diego this year, but the TNT basically did this campaign of Don't Kill Sean Bean. I posted it on the, I posted a picture of, of a t-shirt with that on in Instagram, but it basically means he dies a lot in shows. Hey, audience, we know you that you hate seeing Sean Bean die. We promise we will not kill Sean Bean on our show. You give us your attention. We will give you a living Sean Bean uh, for, for, as long as, uh, for as long as the show goes. So uh, Sean was great. There are pretty major Game of Thrones spoilers in this podcast, though. So if you have not seen Game of Thrones, you're not caught up, or you don't want to know anything that happens, um, then... Maybe stop right now and no catch catch up on Game of Thrones today, and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. But uh, uh, beside that, here's the Nerdist Podcast number five fifty nine with Sean Bean. Now entering Nerdist.com. Watching uh, what happened on television the last couple nights, but uh, we were just talking about Sharknado Two. Did you miss it? Did you see any Sharknado? Uh, no. All right. Yeah. I'll say so even I if you didn't choice. see it, you would never miss it. Yeah. yeah. What? 
I saw it advertised. Yeah, I think that's about. I, I got the gist. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't bother seeing it. I think the ads pretty much got it's it. NATO shark NATO. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's about sharks. It's a, yeah, and, it's a tornado made of sharks. Oh, with NATO. Yeah, no, sharks no, with the North American actually, Trade uh, Agreement. Yeah, or organization. <laughs> that, that would actually, Not NATO. That would actually have some. Uh, that would actually have some social weight to it. No, this is a tornado made of sharks. That uh, basically flies through the air and kills people. It's the second one. Okay, now. <laughs> We're just talking about like the second one. Yeah, the, 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 it was the sequel to that. Yeah. It's just here's the thing. I like a Maybe. like I like a good bad movie, like a movie that someone yeah. legitimately tried to make and it wasn't that good. So it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, but when someone purposely makes a movie to be bad, I think is kind of a I think it's a waste of money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's a waste of time. Yeah. yeah, it's a little hipstery. Yeah. But we're here to talk about you, Sean Bean. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Are you having a press? Is this a press day? Yeah, just all Depression day long. Day. It's a- <laughs> if you want, we could just use this time to just have quiet time if you need. <laughs> we don't have to talk about any of that stuff. We can talk about you. We, nah, what do you- sure. Hey, I want to. I, 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 I've, I've had conversations before, like with people like Dominic Monaghan, people who are really. Is it right if I call it soccer, or do I need, a new, yeah. I need to call it football? Okay. Call it, yeah. Okay. Either. You're in the London Hotel. Yeah. This is. But it is really. This yeah. is a, this is this is part of England, right? This hotel yeah, is yeah, officially yeah. part of it. They just call it hotel. <laughs> they just call it hotel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I I've always really wanted to understand it, and I don't. And yeah. I know that you adore it. Would you please tell me when you're watching? A football game. What are you seeing? What is it that you're watching for? Um, it's. Um, I guess it's that this the, a lot. A lot of it is skill. Uh, a lot of it is skill. A lot is it, is the, the club that you support. It can get very very tribal and very passionate, which is sometimes a good thing, maybe sometimes not. But uh, that's what kind of keeps it alive. Um, the fans. Um, that's that's a, a very exciting aspect of soccer and the atmosphere, and how many of some fans bring to your ground, and how many you take to theirs, and the banter and on, on the terraces and the funny songs and stuff like that. But it's also that you know what's happening on the pitch and the skill and the you know the, the commitment. You know we're not it's uh, it's um, you know something we're, we're very passionate about maybe that's why it's, I guess I'm trying to think of a comparison you know with maybe baseball or maybe uh, ice hockey maybe they've got yeah. kind of similar kind of mentality but um, it's very difficult to put your finger on I mean I think it is as they say it is a beautiful game and I think it is and it was also invented in Sheffield where I come from right so um I hope everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to an actual so match, though? Have you ever it's, been to a live uh, soccer match? I've never been to a soccer match, but I, but I'm. It's so. It, what's interesting to me is how much more, uh, how much more intense and passionate uh, the fans can. I mean, like American football. I feel like we have kind of goofy fans. You know, it's like yeah, I painted my body two colors and I'm super drunk and I'm gonna. Yeah. You know, if there's a fight, it's like a bar fight. But soccer is like oh, I'm going to rip your well. fucking eyes out, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, because you support because you're wearing the other colors. Sure. Yeah, it's not all like that, you know. What I mean, it's, there's a lot of good human stuff as well, and um, you know, but uh, because it's so passionate, because people are so intense about it, that's what makes it so exciting and so interesting to watch. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, and, and I guess it's like we've all been brought up since we were kids on, on soccer. You know, my grandfather and my dad and. 
we've all we, we always used to go together and you grow up with it and there's different you know we, I support Sheffield United and there's another club in Sheffield which I won't mention so that's you know that's what makes it uh, <laughs> interesting but um, but no if I, I, that's it you know you, if you don't get, I mean maybe you should watch a bit more Maybe I should. Or go to a football match, go to a match in, uh, in London or somewhere, or uh, one of the local the derbies. Seeing it live is, a, is what kind of got me into seeing watching it live it and really and trying to feel what it feels like to be a part of it. Because if you don't really understand something and you're seeing it on a two-dimensional screen, you're just like, what happens? And yeah. you can only focus on what the cameraman is telling you to focus on. Like You, can't, yeah. you don't really have the experience. Yeah, I think yeah. if you sat with the crowd and they're telling you what's going, you know, they're saying, oh, this is this guy. We just bought that guy. He's good. He's not very good. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, He's yeah, a great winger. He's going to kick the ball over. But, you know, that's where you get the excitement. When, when there's somebody telling you, like commentators, you know, you're obviously just listening to them, but uh, you've got to be there and, and experience it. And then I bet if you go, I bet if you go to a good one, a good local derby in Yorkshire or Liverpool or London, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd come away, you know, quite hooked, I think. Yeah, that's how I was saying earlier with uh, hockey. Like, you know, I kind of didn't really care for it. Then I went to a, night, a game and then my friend was sitting next to me he's, and he was doing the same thing. It's like a couple games ago, this guy, you know, got, he was taken out of the game because he beat up a dude. And then this guy what used to be with this team, you know, and yeah, you kind of get a lot, the, the a lot rivalry. Yeah. And you get the narrative of it. Once it becomes yeah. kind of a narrative, that's what really builds everything. So that's up. the story. Yeah. Basically you're going yeah. for the story. Yeah. You, you must've played. I played when I was younger quite a bit. Yeah. At school. And, uh, I used to play for some pub teams and, um, I kind of stopped that when I became an actor. They started recognising me and they were all trying to slide tackle me and hoof me, <laughs> me off the pitch. So I thought, fuck this. Not trying to ruin the moneymaker right here, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck trying up the trying to not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it got a bit rough. They said, oh, that's him who was on television. That's the actor. Yeah, let's fucking you know. I said, whoa, hold on. I'm trying to get my legs broke here. This guy wear a face guard. Concentrate on my acting. That's my favourite. I think, I think one of my favourite things about British culture is that they will recognize if you're taking yourself too seriously and they will fucking take you down a peg if yeah. they feel like you're... T- and and I kind of like that the culture sort of keeps everyone in check that way, that you really can't take yourself too seriously. No, you you, you can't. It, and, and that's a good thing. You know, it keeps you grounded. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, in the real world. But... um. Sometimes it's not a good thing because you think, well, hold on, man. So somebody does anything good, if somebody somebody does anything well, yeah. people want to pull them down. And that's, <laughs> that's not such a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it certainly keeps you, you know, kind of realistic about things. When you're portraying characters, for instance, you know, you try and it's, they're, they're going to see right through you if you're not if you're not putting in a good convincing performance. If that's you know, true. If it's not a real portrayal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you think, well, you know, that's the kind of audience you know you, you kind of judge by, which is good. So you grew up in Sheffield, and then at what point did you? What when you? What was Sheffield like when you were growing up? And is it still the same, or do you feel like it's changed? It's it's it's, it's different now. You know, it used to be a, a big uh, working class industrial city, uh, big steelworks. You know, they call it the Steel City. Um, like the, it's like Pittsburgh over here, and uh, I guess it. You know, there's many similarities. You know, there was there was coal mining, and um, but you know that was. Uh, that's kind of decreased quite significantly now after uh, the bitch Margaret Thatcher mm-hmm. got her fucking teeth into it. So don't get me onto it anyway. <laughs> start. But I mean, she systematically went through the 
the whole uh, shipbuilding, steelworks, industrial cities, and uh, pulled them apart, you know, for, as a personal vendetta. But uh, that's another story. But I mean, Sheffield is a is a good working class town, good people in it, and uh, I go back there quite often. My, my, my mother, my, a lot of my family live up there, and, and I go up to watch the football and stuff like sure. that. But um, you know, it, it has changed. It's it, you know, I guess it's lost a lot of its traditions and and, and, and trades and craftsmanship but it's still a good place where people are very down to earth very friendly and you know and they're, they're not they're kind of you know uh they, they kind of know me up there but they you know they're not overly impressed but they, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm i'm very proud to be from there and they they keep me feet on the ground but they're proud of me so that's yeah, nice so, though i mean yeah, it's nice it's yeah. sort of like it's sort of like family they you know where they you know because it's so easy well especially coming off of like comic-con where it's easy to get your to get super inflated because I mean I, your your face was on the side of a hotel. I've, I've yeah, so I've <laughs> <laughs> imploring yeah, people. Yeah. You know, it was like it's funny this sh- this show Legends where they're basically I think it's a brilliant tactic where it's almost like an appliance salesman. They're like, we guarantee you, we are not going to kill Sean Bean <laughs> on the show. He's not going to fucking die. You give us your attention. Sean Bean lives. <laughs> <laughs> Should have t-shirts with that. <laughs> I think there is. One, I think they yeah, did make one. Lives. Yeah, they made. They gave us some when we it's came very in. Good quality cotton, isn't it? Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> hashtag don't kill Sean Bean. Yeah. I mean, the outcry <laughs> after seeing you die time and time again in things, and yeah. people having their heart broken. It's nice I to know, know that we get a living Sean Bean for an entire series. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> They're really fucked up in the yeah. first episode. Like, oh yeah, we yeah. fucking killed him. Yeah. yeah, you guys, you totally bought into that. They reshoot in the end, as we speak. <laughs> Other Where'd he go? Oh, he died. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were going to kill him. Oh, you were one of them. You bought that. Yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you? Did you spend a lot? Of, did you spend? Did you just go in and do panels at Comic Con, or did you spend any time there? I didn't go to Comic Con. Oh, I thought you were there. No. Oh. Just his just face me, looking over. Just your face looking over the, <laughs> the, over the convention the center from the Marriott. <laughs> no, I couldn't make it. My, my daughter was getting married. Uh, oh, congratulations. My youngest daughter. Thank you. And, uh, you know, it's obviously obviously over there uh, now, with her. So, uh, you, <laughs> how, many, how many kids do you have? Uh, three. Three girls. Are they all married? No, that she was the uh, she was the first one to get married. You know, it's only on Saturday. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh my God, you're already so, here doing uh, this. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> um, it's it like wonderful, day? wonderful day. Do you yeah, like he's a, a good nice man. guy. Very okay, good, good man. You, you, guy. Do you do you play the uh, do you play bad cop father in law? Are you like I'm your buddy until you fuck up? Like how do you uh... kind of bit of both really? You know? <laughs> 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 no, he's uh, he's a lovely guy. He's, uh, he's, he's they're only young. I mean, she's 22, and you know, he's just a little bit older, but uh, they're very much in love. And it was a gorgeous day, you know. And uh, he's a he's a great guy, great kid. So I'm I'm really happy for them. You know, that's and, cool. Uh, that's fantastic. Totally in love. Is it strange? It must be. I don't have any kids, but it. You know, I mean, your kids are adults. They're people. They're like they're people that make choices, and they're going to have kids. And is, is that weird you out at all, or do you think of it as like, oh, this is just a part of the life, and it's a nice part of the process? Yes, you think like, but it is. It's like you know, it, uh, especially with my my middle daughter Molly. She's she's always seemed like the youngest to me. I mean, she's she's, she's got got very young at heart, and uh, it's it's quite you know, it's it's sometimes you know, seeing her getting married, it's uh, kind of strange, but. It's, Beautiful, you know, it's, it's a beautiful occasion, and uh, but it's uh, it only seems like you know it's a cliche. But only a few years ago, she was she was a toddler, you know, and I was carrying yeah. her around and throwing her in my arms and you wow. know, laughing with her. But it, it was a 
that's it, I guess, you know. And, and they've got a great future to look forward to. They want kids and they're happy together. And you think, great, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know. That, you know did you do a toast? Did you do a big toast? Yeah, I did a speech, which was a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> After, you know, because you, you kind of want to get this speech over with and have a drink, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you can't get to have too many drinks before the speech. (laughs) That goes real bad. It becomes a personal thing. (laughs) (laughs) But it was good, but that was quite nerve-wracking, you know, doing the... Well, doing of course. Your daughters, you know, they're, they're thanking everyone and, you know, expressing you, you know, that to, to, to families and friends and people, people who are very clo- closest to you. And it's uh, quite nerve-wracking, yeah. But, um, you know, I wrote one out, but I, I didn't really stick to it. I find it really hard to, you know, that one, and I like to think. Of course. <laughs> and you make jokes and uh, stuff like that. But, I, you know, I guess I made some jokes, but... I think they were funny. I don't know. It's kind of fun because people probably expect <laughs> they go, oh well, you know, he's he's a theatrical performer and he's done theater and yeah. film, and he, this must be really easy. <laughs> but I find that um, you know, there are some performers that just like being other characters, like don't yeah. have to be themselves. But when you get up, even in a small group of people, and you're like, I'm exposing myself to you for oh, who yeah. I really am, like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's scary, the worst, right? isn't it? Yeah, because you haven't got a script, you know, and you you kind of talk from your heart. Yeah. You know? Somewhere, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you don't really have okay. to for any character you're playing. You don't really have to bear any responsibility for that character. Yeah, someone wrote this, and I'm exactly. doing it. You can do what you want. Made up. It's, it's not, not a my real, fault. Not a real guy. Yeah, yeah. I know People still give uh, Russell Crowe shit for romper stopper. So there's a little bit. Of that, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah. I did play a Nazi. Yeah. Well, they said to me when I got my head chopped off in um, Game of Thrones, and they said, "Why? Why did you? I don't know? It's not my fault." And I said, well, yeah, you should. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What can I do? I'm a performer. Still, it, said, yeah. it said sit there and get head chopped <laughs> yeah, off. I had to get my fucking head chopped <laughs> off. Why did you do that? <laughs> I didn't. Chop me one head off. George, hey, it's Sean Bean. Why'd you cut my fucking head off? These uh, people keep asking me, and I don't know what to tell them anymore. I give them your number. <laughs> Reroute them. But it is, it is you know, it's, uh, it's very difficult to think of another show where a character's death that early on in the series is still has such an impact not only on the fan base but also on you know just the chain of events that occurred after it but yes. people were very attached to Ned yeah they they were and uh, yeah I, you know I was surprised because I, I knew what was going to happen and you know, I knew I was going to die <laughs> 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 when I met in, when I met the producer and the directors you know in, in the restaurants and you know you you're going to die at the end of the first series, but it's a good part. <laughs> I said, okay. Uh, but um, but uh, what was I saying? Well, we were talking about how people get super attached. Oh, yeah. You know? and, and, you know, of course, and so I knew it, but I guess an audience didn't. People read the books, obviously, did. But, I mean, an audience, you know, the large majority don't know what's, what's going to happen. And it was such a shock. And... Um, uh, and, it, and it was, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite pleased that people are still talking about it. Yeah. I'm very flattered by it because he was, you know, the, the one good man in the show and the kind of moral compass. He, he kind of there was boundaries, there was a reference point for morals and you know and, and, and ethics and a moral code, as it were. And he was once they got rid of him, it was kind of mayhem and, and chaos. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, I'm I'm really kind of proud of it, you know. I'm, I think it's a great show, and I'm just I'm very pleased that they've been 
one of the people that established, you know, the, um, in the first place. Yeah, I didn't. And that's why we all talk like this because of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <that. laughs> I didn't think that was allowed. I remember watching the show, and then when you died, I was like, "Is that allowed to just yeah. get rid of the main guy?" Yeah, like I didn't this think this soon. Allowed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he'll probably probably some magic will happen, and he'll come back." Nope. No. But nope. they killed that guy, <clears throat> Joffrey. I mean, he was horrible. He was brilliant. I mean, uh, he was great. Oh, yeah. Jack. He was great in that role. And uh, fantastic, wasn't he? He was great because every time, every time, every time you see that little fucking yeah. scowl, you're like, I fucking hate yeah. that character. Yeah. yeah, just get pissed. Yeah, because yeah. he just looks like Joffrey looks like the kid in your class that you just fucking hate. You're like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just don't fucking mm. like that guy. Yeah. Like he just seems he just scowls. Yeah. yeah. Something you about can't him. Touch him because he's a little snitch or his dad's a copper or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows it. He yeah. knows you yeah. can't fuck with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> you know who my dad is? Yeah. Yeah. Damn yeah. it. Fine. Fine. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it kind of seems, you know, there, there's, a, there's, there's kind of a nice, uh, it, it, Ned's legacy seems to have trickled down, which is kind of nice, too, though. I mean, like, his, yeah. that you, you see traces of him in other characters, and, and I, and I kind of feel like that's, that's the legacy that people leave behind in life. Yeah. Like, you know, did you, like, for instance, did you give your daughter and her husband, did you, did you think of, like, I have to give them the perfect piece of advice? Did you figure <laughs> out what that was? In Game of Thrones. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, so- I, I jumped. I jumped topics. To, in I'm life. sorry. Yeah. You went in. You, you went back into real life. Uh, I went back well, into real give life. Him a second to acclimate to real life. <laughs> okay. And we're back in real life. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Did, uh, you know, as a father, did you? Uh, did you have? Did you think of like the perfect thing to say? Like as you go forward in life. Dot dot dot. Did you give him any? Uh, not really. No. No. Kind of. No. <laughs> have fun uh, good luck good luck yeah. I guess good luck be nice but uh, no it's, uh, you know I guess you do it as you're going longer they they kind of grow and you grow with them and they, 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 you think you know kind of they look at you by your actions I guess by yeah. by the mother and father's actions with the parents and stuff and what they do and what, you know and if if you're a twat then they're not going to grow up like twats aren't they <laughs> But if you're, but uh, <laughs> if you're a decent, you know, I mean, if you, I, I don't know, I'm not kind of expert on not to bring up children, but I think like if you, you do, you know, you generally good, decent person, you know, think about others and you know, see how you treat, don't treat them badly, and I think your kids see that and they they grow up respecting that. And mm. I don't think you can really tell your kids, don't do this, don't do it. Well, you can, and I have. But you can't. They're not necessarily going to listen to you and yeah. if they see it by example. That, that's uh, when it sinks in. Well, and they respect that, you know. Because as you know, you're, as a parent, you're a person and you have your own wants and desires. And so I always wonder, like, you know, when I if if and when I have kids someday, how am I going to know if I'm being a twat or not? Like, how am I going to know if yeah. I'm not? And what what sort of keeps what you know? Because you sometimes you just make selfish choices without realizing you're making selfish choices. Yeah. So how do you? How do you balance that? How do you know? So, I mean, on Saturday, you know, I thought, what, what am I supposed to do here? You know, well, I, I knew what I was supposed to do. I walk down the aisle. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> How do I walk? It, it was, uh, it's like kind of the things in between and before, yeah. for, for the wedding and after. Because and, it's never happened before. And, and I don't think you can never anybody teach you how to do anything like that. That's but a it's point, a beautiful yeah. moment. Because it's your, your, your child and, your, you know, you're giving away to, to a future husband. And it's a lovely time. But you, you, you can't rehearse it or plan it. You don't know yeah. how you're going to be feeling. Yeah. And it's such an extraordinary feeling. It's a, you know, it's a, 
and and you know they seem older than you then for some reason. But then again, I've always thought that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the kids seem to be more grown up than I do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you probably, you still, you still, you know, it's like, the, the older, the older you get, you still feel this, you still feel like you, you're still yeah. you on yeah, some level. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I guess we all have that kind of childlike quality about us, you know, uh, and that's a good thing, isn't it? You I think that, so. And you're not curious, you know. Yeah. You're not understanding to others, you know. Yeah, the kind of people that yeah just kind of go, I got a handle on it. Yeah. I know all I need to know. And then they, I think they get older a lot faster than people yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they'll, they'll just continue. They'll just, you know, you see those people where you'll see some of the same age, but just some guy that just sits around not wanting to learn anymore just becomes like an old man. And then their body starts falling apart because yeah. their mind's not. Well, you take, you know, it takes like energy. It. it takes energy to be curious. It takes energy to to want to investigate things and learn new things. Yeah. And especially, I think the older you get, the more your your body is like, don't learn anything new because it's risky and it might kill you. You know. Yeah. And you kind of have to fight that urge to go. No, that's how you. Yeah. That's how you Just live. Like, well, I know what I know, and that's enough for me. Yeah. but if you were that person then you wouldn't be i mean you you wouldn't be out living the life you're leading you know you you would have stayed in sheffield and probably started working in a in a you know like at a factory absolutely yeah that's what i did you know for 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 the first you know when i left school and worked with my father for about three years in a a steelworks uh but you know and that could have continued and that's what we did you know in them days you know went into apprenticeship as a steelworker or or something but um you know that I knew that wasn't for me, so I uh, became an actor, <laughs> Ponzi actor down London. I'll go play a steel worker in a movie. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah. I have the experience. Yeah. Put that yeah. under special skills in your resume. Steel worker. Yeah. Yeah. Got that down. It would be funny that if I played a welder. I know how to do that. <laughs> what year was that that you decided to go to? Did you go to London specifically to, to, to for acting, or did you just go to London yeah. to just experience life? I went, I went down, I got into uh, RADA uh, oh, wow. in London, Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, and I went down there and um, I got a place in there, so I was overjoyed and, you know, very excited about that. And and I went to London and I'd never really been down there before except for day trips and stuff like that. So that was a big, big, uh, massive cultural shock for me at the time. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to go back home. But I obviously gradually got used to it and enjoyed it being at drama school. And, and that was it then. You know, I didn't, once I made my mind up, you know, I didn't do no looking back. And, and I've never looked back since. You know, I felt I've very, you know, I, I was very convinced about what I wanted to do. And, and, that, and that's it. I can't imagine doing anything else, you know. Yeah. Do you think you made that choice or do you think the choice was sort of made because you were drawn to it? Did you make that decision yourself or was it like if I just feel compelled to have to do this yeah I, I, I was kind of drawn to it I didn't think I was going to be an actor when I was at school and I thought it was a you know a bit, bit, bit sissy-ish you know a bit fairy like you know because it was like frowned upon slightly yeah imagine like, that Ooh, kind of neighbourhood yeah. become an actor yeah <laughs> <laughs> too good for the steel was, mill uh, yeah yeah <laughs> And, um, you know, so I, I didn't really, I, I would never have dreamed that that would happen. But, you know, I, I was always, you know, I like to draw and paint and, 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 and I like music, I, you know, I like the arts in general, I guess. And, uh, and, and, and I think acting, I wasn't particularly good at drawing, painting or, or music or anything. And, but acting, I felt very comfortable with it. And I felt, you know, that was it. I thought, I found something here. You know, I, I had no idea where I was going, you know, when I was young at all in my career and anything. And then I, 
so like seeing I felt so comfortable and so so kind of safe inside that 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 was it. Do you feel like you through that process you learned more about yourself or did you feel pretty comfortable with yourself before that? Yeah, I think you you learn more about yourself and um uh, but uh, I didn't feel that comfortable. No, I was just grasping for so I, I, I just I, I didn't know what I wanted to be. But yeah. that wasn't a problem. You know, that was quite interesting. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, there's all this thing that you should you know grow up and find what you want to be. But the interesting part is you know finding that out. You know, and uh, exploring different avenues and making mistakes or seeing what you're good at, what you're not good at. And, yeah. But yeah. I, 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 I don't know about you guys, but you know the. the there were fun times exploring, dabbling with music or this and that. And, and, you, you know, yeah, great yeah. times. It's about growing up, being a kid, being a teenager. And uh, I certainly didn't miss out on that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I found acting about 19, 20, that's, uh, that, was the, you know, that was the thing for me. And it's funny, you know, I've never felt like that about anything. And, and it's the last thing I would feel, feel thing would, I'd be an actor, but mm. I, am, and I can't imagine doing anything else, as I, as I said. Was your family uh, pretty cool with it, or did they were like, "You're going to do what?" They were a bit, "You're going to do what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just went into the living room one day and they sat, you know, in the armchair. I remember when they sat in and I said, "I'm going to be an actor." <laughs> I went, "What?" I said, "Reading the newspaper." But I made my mind up by that point. But they were kind of, kind of. You know, they're, they're a bit doubtful about it at the beginning, and quite rightly so, because it was, you know, it's not something that kind of not that many people did, you know. Yeah. And go um, down to London and be an actor, you know, it's a, um, I think it was a bit, a bit, a little bit scary for them, maybe. Uh, but they've been, uh, they were ever so supportive, you know, once they knew I'd made my mind up, and uh, and they were, you know, throughout my career, you know, I've got a lot to thank them for in that way. Well, that's really, that's yeah. good, because obviously. They must have instilled you with some kind of values that made you feel like you were free to make that choice. Yeah. To begin with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't. I was not afraid of going in. You know. There was. You know. Obviously, becoming an actor, I had the freedom to do. You know, what I wanted, whatever I wanted to pursue. You know, they never kind of stifled me or told me what I should do and what I should do that. You know, and I'm forever grateful for them. To, you know. Being kind of free in that way, you know, freeing me up to discover myself, discover what I wanted to do, you know. Yeah. Very. Yeah. What was the first, what was the first thing they ever saw you <laughs> in? And did it? Did, were, did, were you scared? I did a I did a, a play a, a, like a, this this school. Well, it wasn't. It was a college. Like I was about eighteen, and, and it was called. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Have you heard that? I think Boris Karloff did it. It was an oh, old wow. black and white film. It was a play originally. And I did that, and I played this big scary guy in it. And they'd never seen me do anything before, and they couldn't believe it was me. They were saying, God, Sean, you look so like you believed what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. Never seen you have such confidence in your abilities. I think they just thought, wow, he's transformed himself a bit. It's not like our Sean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. When did you start to feel like you were figuring it out? Or when did you start to feel that, oh, this actually... I, I do understand how to control it. I would imagine when you first start acting, you're probably just all over the place. And you're kind of, yeah. like you said, grasping. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you must feel like, oh, I figured out how to harness this. Like, when did you start yeah. to feel that way? 
think when I'd learnt my lines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I, I guess I guess when I got into drama school, that was a big boost for me, you know. And, uh, and I guess when people started thinking, well, yeah, you're pretty good at that, you know. And uh, you, you know, the, the people were supportive, who believed in you, you know. And then you know, you start believing yourself a bit more. And uh, you know, I always did believe in myself, but I mean, it was good. It was good to have people kind of recognise that I wanted to do something a little bit different. Yeah, and they weren't. They were quite easy about that. They were quite, They were okay about that. And then you know, gradually getting into it and getting jobs, getting into RADA. I mean, that was such a big break for me. Probably the biggest break I've ever had in my life because it changed my life around completely. And I, 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 you know, I was introduced to that world, which was wonderful. And then that gave me that strength, that confidence, and you know, that kind of built up. But I mean, you always get knocks. You doubt yourself, you know, over and over again. But you also learn a lot of stuff, and you know, you learn your craft and. That kind of that's a kind of defense mechanism but it is oh it is a defense mechanism absolutely i suppose learning yeah you're learning your craft and it is a craft really you know there are, there are certain qualities that you learn like just like any other job um you make big mistakes and but i mean it it, it is something where unless you throw yourself on a limb you know and throw caution to the wind which think is a good thing then you don't learn very much and it's not very exciting right but uh, you might be wrong sometimes you might try something in a role i've done it in this in legends and tried something it maybe didn't work but sometimes when it does work it's really worth it but it's quite scary at the time you know because you think shall i try this or not you know you think why not you know and and that's where you start learning if you're steady and you're safe all the time and you, you think you know what you're doing then you know it's you know you know you know, that good, I don't know. It's like football or soccer players. If it's some, when you see these soccer players who try something different, uh, that flair, and they might yeah. do it, they might look stupid and fall flat on their face, but when, it, when they pull it off, they think, everybody goes, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's worth know, it. kind of, yeah. But yeah. you have to, I mean, like, you have to, it's sort of like what you were saying earlier, Joan, about um, not getting too rigid. Um, I feel like it's a bad long-term plan to not take risks and try because it's just it it's longevity you know yes. it, it keeps you um it keeps you relevant or at least it, it means that you're you're still asking questions you know yes. as opposed to just like the the safety guys just shrivel up because yeah. they're, they're not yeah experiencing anything new and you're, and you're asking an audience questions as well and you, you know i mean it's embarrassing sometimes you know if I, I still get embarrassed and think you know think a bit like oh god <laughs> you know but um I don't get that embarrassed, but I mean, I get, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not going to stride to think I know exactly what I'm doing, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know if you, if you, if, if you ask an audience question, I think this is what the Ledges does, you know, it's, it's a psychological kind of drama thriller, I, I, I believe, and it, it's something that's, you know, it's about a character that takes risks, and, and, and I'd like to think I'd, I've took some risks in, in in the various legends or characters that I play in, in this, and it's been extraordinary fun. But I think all the yeah, I, I don't know. Well, the the, the, the <laughs> being, <laughs> being a performer though. Stop me if I'm no, 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 please. <laughs> no, listen. We a lot, a lot, a lot of this podcast, to be quite frank with you, is me just trying to understand i mean there's a lot of i i feel like i don't know anything and so i this isn't i wouldn't think of this as an interview as more of a conversation of someone who's like what have you figured out because i want to yeah. fucking i want to try to figure out 
Yeah. I just want to try to figure it out. And he's so, trying to steal your essence, is what he's no. saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, there's a there's a point lately that I've been kind of stuck on, and if you have something to say about it, that'd be great. And if not, I'll totally fuck mm-hmm. off happily. But, um, but so, so particularly with performing, you, you said that uh, other people kind of tell you like, "Oh, that was good." Like, mm. it's strange to me that this is a business where you are you have to get really inward, but to mm. know whether or not you're doing a quote unquote good job. The validation comes from other people. Yeah. So how do you know, you know, there's this idea of like, where do you place your self esteem? You know, like we, I feel like we as a species spend so much time placing our self esteem in external things. Mm-hmm. Validation yeah. from other people, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. power, power, money, whatever it is, anything, anything that's not you. So how do you, I feel like the healthiest thing is like, well, I'm just naturally comfortable with myself and it doesn't fucking matter if anyone thinks that or not. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable with yourself? And if so, how did you figure that out? <laughs> 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 Can you write it down in list form? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel comfortable with myself when I'm, I'm playing a role, I'm playing a part. I feel completely comfortable and I forget absolutely everything, you know, around me. Uh, I'm kind of totally focused on that and... You even forget pain, you know, if you've got a headache, if you've got, you know, pain. It's amazing. It's, it's like a kind of elixir. It's like some kind of anesthetic sometimes when you act. I'm, I'll find it. And, and as soon as you say cut, your headache comes back. <laughs> your hangover comes back. And, uh, and that, but, I mean, there is a kind of, kind of magical spiritual thing to acting that everything kind of goes completely out of your head and you just become totally engrossed in what, what you're doing. Uh, yeah. It is quite a, a, like a... I don't know how you would explain that. It's like a, in a kind of trance, you know, trance like Which is interesting because uh, acting is a profession where you spend the least amount of time doing the thing you're actually trained to do. Because you're probably yes. just in the most of the time, you're yeah. like, okay, we got it. I'll go sit in the trailer for sure. seven hours. Yeah, yeah. You, you're doing a, a lot of that, a lot of hanging around, and, and it's just keeping focused on that. But when you, I guess, when, you know, I'm saying that, you know, you, you, you're kind of very intense and immersed in what you're doing. But as soon as you stop, you, you kind of you become very self conscious again. You know, it's about the only time that you feel kind of free and, you know, not conscious of not inhibited by things around you and people's beliefs or people what people think of you as soon as you stop acting they say cut then you know all those little niggles and worries and things come back and as actors we're not certainly not the most um, kind of confident and and and, and secure and you know um, Stable of people, <laughs> paranoid. <laughs> but we are when we're in the moment. I wonder why we're so <laughs> fragile. I don't know. It's such an interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I sometimes I think it's the same things that make you good at at this type of a job are also the things that make life difficult sometimes because you're so hypersensitive to. Things people watching you. you all the time, I guess. Sure. I mean, you're putting yourself up there and people to be observed, and uh, so you, you know, I'm, you can become like hypersensitive, you know, about, about that. But that's that's it, isn't it? If you put yourself in that position, and you, you you get that, but you also get great positive kind of things from that. You know, you yeah. know people like your work and respect and admire, and like like you, you bring something to someone's life and they tell you that and that's a great thing you know it's a 
an accomplishment. You know, I'm not being arrogant about the kid is. It's something no. that you, you bring, and I'd like to think that I do. And uh, so, you know, you, you, you get your pros and your cons with it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think you know now that you didn't know when you... Like, what if you could tell young Sean, like, who's just entering Rada, like, hey... And you'll be fine in a couple of, you know, like, what what advice would you give your young self now? What have you learned? Uh, I guess not to uh, get too uptight about things. Nothing's kind of that important. Mm-hmm. There's always something, everything's got, you know, there's always a silver lining to a situation. Um, and uh, so long as you've got kind of the, the conviction and, and, and confidence in what you do, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, nobody, you're not being arrogant, you're not being... A, you know, um, you you believe in yourself. You you'll go a long way. You know, if you believe in what you're doing, and and, and you try and you know, portray the truth, in, whether that's in your performances or anything really, but certainly in your in your in your portrayals, then you can't go wrong. You really can't. Do you think arrogance is a way that we deal with overcoming, like trying to forcibly overcome discomfort? You know, like if we're scared or if we feel weird about something or uncomfortable, then we just get super arrogant because we're trying to convince ourselves, like, no, I know this yeah. thing. Fuck you, I know this thing. Yeah, I when do. we really don't. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, I'm feeling that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're right. <laughs> I think it's nice yeah, to know that everyone kind of has that feeling yeah, of yeah. like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out yeah. sooner yeah. or later. They're gonna know. Yeah, snuck into the party. They'll see. Yeah, oh, they'll no. see. Yeah. Sir, do you have a pass? Yeah. No, I. Uh, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what I do? But then there's arrogance. There's arrogance in there. I mean, sometimes that's a, a good quality. You know, you see some great soccer players, some great actors, some great. Politicians who are arrogant, and you they think, thank the God, they're being truthful, and think that God, they're telling the truth. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think it's not—it's not a—you know—it's not a negative quality. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, you you did you run uh, the Sheffield team for a while, or were you on the board of? I was on the board of directors for a little while, yeah, and. Um, and that was good, you know. It was about ten, twelve years ago now, and I kind of stepped down because I, I couldn't get up there that much, and I, you know, I was I was working, and um, but it was a, it was an interesting time, you know. I've always been a fan. I've always kind of tried to get to the games. I've got a lot of friends, who, you know, I could meet up with still, and I know a lot of the Sheffield United fans. But it kind of wasn't for me, you know. I, I kind of saw, uh, you know, the kind of the club in a bit more detail, and it kind of took the glamour away. But, oh, you know, no, yeah, the, yeah. The magic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I turn your passion into a chore. Yeah, I, th- I don't want to see this. I'd rather be sat on a terrace yeah. as uh, imagining, uh, you know... Uh, how great we are, <laughs> and uh, but it was it was a valuable insight for me, and uh, I've still got friends that are, that are on the board, and and, uh, and the chairman, uh, Mr. McCabe, he's a, a friend of mine, and his sons, and so it's it's a it's a good you know we all know each other, but I mean I, I prefer th- I don't know it's like seeing behind a. a a film set or a, or a stage, right. a, you know, a theatre production. You see behind the si- scenes, yeah. you think, oh, shit, is that what they do? <laughs> <laughs> and I always believed it in it all. I believed it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why not? I just, I, 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 uh, I do uh, voiceovers for cartoons, and I, and every occasionally they'll bring like tour groups of kids to watch them record, to watch us record. 
And I think to the kids, it's going to be like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. And they go, and they're just like watching grown-ups stand around talking into a microphone. Yeah. And it's, the cartoon's gone. Yeah. Shatters it's just, your illusions. It's just totally it? yeah. shattered, and the kids yeah. tune out instantly. Yeah, yeah. I know. It is. Sometimes you don't want to know how things work, do you? You don't want to yeah. see the inside workings of something. You just yeah. want to see them. Most well, of the restaurants say you that. I don't want to know. Well, it's, exactly. It's not, it, yeah. Well, it's 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 not. I think I think I think I think we need don't see the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sign said it was a B. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. 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 That guy. We He's need, touching we my need foot. The, we need we need to kind of have those little bits of magic where we don't know exactly Absolutely, what's yeah, going the mystery. on. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery. Imagination. Um, what was uh, a, 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 how, how long did you live in New Zealand for? Uh, for Lord it was of the nearly Rings? a year. Yeah, I think because uh, we we all we, we were all together for. Well, I think some some of some of them were there for for, for a little longer because we did all three at once. You know, it wasn't like one after the other. Right. There's some days. I mean, we'd be doing like. Well, I wasn't because I got killed after the first. One. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can tell you that now. No. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, but 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 we were. It, it was brilliant. You know, it was a brilliant time, and it, it, it was, we spent about. Oh, there you are, aren't they? No, you can play with playing my sunglasses, with yours, please. Sorry about that. I'm honoured. Starts with your hair. Uh, habit I've got. <laughs> but uh, it, it was a wonderful time to be there, and uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, and and we didn't know it was going to turn into what it what it was, and how big it was, and you know, and he had all these actors all thrown together, and it was just. It really was a magical time, that, you know, and it was uh, just in the middle of nowhere, you know, away from everyone, away from the studios, producers and stuff. They couldn't really kind of, they couldn't make it with something that wasn't. I'm not saying that they they, they did want to do that, but I think Peter Jackson was quite pleased that he was on an island, and by the time he got news from America, it already shot the scene <laughs> did exactly what I wanted to do but it was uh, it's a great time yeah and so it kind of we kind of lived there and it must be nice to remember, you shoot yeah. that and then you see it on screen you're like we made that I know. yeah and it is something that you, you kind of set in store and we set all those characters you, you know we again breathe life into them and, and give them that kind of stamp of a you know you think of like Vigo Mortensen and yeah. Aragorn now and, 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 and you know and the Hobbit is Dominic because he's you know and, and uh, Dominic Monaghan, yeah. you know, was it? Uh, all, all these people, and, and and that's all you see is their face, and that's a great thing because it was so, you know, obviously such a historic book, such a great, uh, you know, a classic that you think, wow, we've, we we we're, we're them now. We we put our face yeah. to all these fans, minds, all these all these readers, all these all this audience. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a something I think we're all very proud of. You know. So uh, before we let you go, because I know you have a full press day, um, what uh, we talked a little bit about Legends. Um, do you know when is it? Uh, when is Legends premiering? August thirteenth. Oh yeah, just a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Is this uh, because your character essentially you character hop every episode, basically? Well, it, it was like that originally, but um, I think they kind of. I'd think about that because it almost seemed a bit silly, you know, to be in this week. I am playing <laughs> <laughs> Texan Renek. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it becomes like now it's a kind of story where like Martin Odom is the, the kind of anchor, you know, and the, the, the central, uh, uh, central uh, um, kind of man. Uh, and he is, uh, he, he, he changes his character in order to go undercover and and uh, but he actually enjoys it a lot you know because he's not a very kind of 
He's a man who's not quite sure of his whereabouts, his history, who he is. His, 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 his wife is estranged. He's, he's desperately trying to get back with her and his, his son. And he's working undercover for the FBI and he's, he's, he leads a very lonely life. Um, and he's very isolated. And, you know, I think his, 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 um, his kind of addiction is to... Um, to, to go into different characters, different legends. Yeah. Interesting. Because he's happier and he's more alive. Do you feel parallels? Do you feel parallels? There is, yeah, there, there is, you know. Uh, exactly, it's like we were talking yeah. about, you know, that's when you kind of forget everything and, you you know, uh, and all, all pain goes away. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he is someone, I'm playing someone who's playing someone who's playing many other people. So that's that kind of it's like a what they call them Russian dolls. Yeah, you're the nesting dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's what I found so interesting, fascinating about this is that you know, you know to to see why people really like to play other people or or be other people sometimes. You know, is it because we're not happy with ourselves and we want to get into a fantasy world and yeah. you know because this guy really is happier being someone else and. Uh, Plus, he doesn't know who he is either. Right. So that's <laughs> a few issues. Yeah. He's got some shit to sort out. Yeah. But the important thing is, is that you don't die. So no. I'm, at least as far as we know at this point, the promise has been made. Is that right? I'm looking around. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's been really lovely chatting with you. Oh, and thank, thank you. you so much for Likewise. having us come to the hotel. And, uh, yeah. and, and good luck with right, the It's a pleasure. Hopefully thank we'll you see you again much. soon yeah. sometime. Thank you, uh, enjoy yeah. your burrito, thank everyone. You. Thank you. Thanks. That was great. Cheers. Hope you had a good time. Oh, would yeah. you mind? Would you mind signing off the podcast by telling everyone? We say we say enjoy your burrito at the end of the podcast. It's basically enjoy just enjoy your burrito. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> it's way better. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 65th National Finals of Distinguished Young Women. Every year, one girl from every state leaves her family, her whole life behind, for two weeks and spends each day training, practicing, preparing. Because to win this competition, she needs to wow a panel of judges with her academic record, her athletic ability, her speaking skills, and a show-stopping talent. I met her and I was like, she's going to win. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. When I sing that song about being a black woman in America, there's going to be backlash about that. Oh, just so happy. So happy. I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk to them. And then we stayed with them for the next year, unpacking just what happened those two weeks in Mobile. I'm Shimoliai, and from Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.